if you are determined to be uh, a professional writer, then improving your writing craft is one of the most important things you can do. Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. Welcome to another edition of your personal branded podcast. I'm really excited about this particular episode because I have Joanna Penn with me. Joanna is a multiple award-winning author, both fiction and non-fiction, and she's a New York Times bestselling, USA Today bestselling author, and she sold over 350,000 books in 68 countries. That is amazing in four languages. Joanna Penn, you're welcome to the personal branding podcast show. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Bernard. It's lovely to be here. And it's interesting you to know that Joanna also has something to do with Africa. She'll tell us more about that in the later end of the show. <laughs> I will, absolutely. It sounds fun. All right, Joanna, let's get started. So, uh, let me back on. I just gave what I call the MP3 version, the compressed version of who Joanna Penn is. But let's be in depth how you got into writing, career, and into business as an author. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, like, like many people, I, I went to university. I actually studied theology, which, uh, you know, about religion, which is quite different. And um, then I went into consulting, which is a, a kind of a standard career practice um, out of Oxford University. So I ended up, um, you know, with this degree in theology, but I worked um, implementing accounts payable into large corporates around the world. Now, you know, that is super boring, but uh, it paid the bill. And I know many of your listeners will be doing jobs that they don't necessarily love, um, but are necessary to pay the bills. And I knew from day one that I didn't want to be, you know, putting in financial systems into big companies for the rest of my life. But, um, you know, life kind of continued. And uh, I ended up doing 13 years as a an IT consultant, essentially. And um, but during those years, I, I kept just feeling that I was unhappy, that I just didn't know what I was doing with my life and that I was wasting my creativity. And, and I, I basically lost my creativity. I spent years thinking that I could never be creative. And, uh, you know, until one day I just was like, this is crazy. I can't carry on like this because I, I was crying at work because I was so unhappy with my job. Uh, it just wasn't worth doing that life anymore. So that was when I pretty much decided decided to write my own uh, my own book my first book um, which is uh, I, I rewrote later on but is and is now called career change and um, that book really changed my life because it started me on the journey of writing of blogging and later on fiction and uh, kind of got me where I am today and um, I started writing that in 2006 so I'm almost at a 10 year into this kind of uh, second career as such but that, that's a little bit about the background well a lot of interesting faces and trends and for your career shifts into now full-time author entrepreneur now joanna one of the things that you've been mentioning that you almost lost your creativity 
Wow. Yeah, it, it really was uh, a case of if you don't use it, you lose mm-hmm. it type of thing. I mean, you know, if, if anybody looks at their children, you know, if you take a, your average five-year-old and tell them to draw a picture or tell a story, they're not going to have any problem with making something up, you know, on the spot. That's what they do. And then we all go to school and we get told we have to do, you know, this type of thing in order to make a living. And uh, it is, you know, telling stories is just not viable. Being an author, it's not viable. You know, drawing pictures, that's not viable, you know, if you want to do what the world tells you you're meant to do. And um, so I, I essentially just spent years not being creative and eventually just believed that it was impossible for me. I didn't believe I could have a creative idea. I didn't I couldn't even speak the word out loud. You know, I am creative. And I ended up um, reading a book called The Success Principles by Jack mm. Canfield, which I'm sure you're I'm sure you, you know of him. Right. He did the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. And um, in that book, uh, he talks about affirmations. And so my affirmation back then was, I am creative, I am an author. And I wrote that down, you know, probably 2005, I wrote it down. And I couldn't even say that out loud at, at that point. I wrote it on a little card and I put it in my wallet and I started sort of whispering it to myself. And eventually I could say that out loud, I am creative, I am an author. And if anyone thinks that's crazy, try saying it out loud if that's not something you believe about yourself. And it was definitely a mindset shift that I had to become someone who didn't just follow the rules and who didn't just do what they were told to do at work, but somebody who um, actually could think again and could be could be brave, I guess, and free and, and write the things that um, were in my head, which sometimes is a little bit scary. <laughs> well, assuming a struggling author who's in a similar situation now as you were, Okay, in a job he or she hates and want to transition so that he or she doesn't lose his creativity. What is the first step he or she must do now? Uh, in order to write a book, for example, just someone starting out writing. Yeah. In, in a similar yeah, so situation that you were in, I'm in a job I hate. I think I have the urge or zeal to write, but I don't know what to do. I'm losing my creativity. I don't love my job. How do I break free from this cycle? for career change in my authorship business. Yeah, so I think I think the first thing to do is to really decide what you want. Like, what is your definition of success? And I was at the point in my life where I was willing to pretty much do anything to change careers. So um, I actually kind of mentally opted out of the career path of consulting. So, um, and this is important, whatever you want to do, because we all have so much energy in our lives, you know, and a certain percentage of it has to go to your family and your self-care. But the percentage that you have left for your career uh, is really important so you know uh, as a consultant working in businesses I was I had to work long hours as I know many people do I um, and you know the idea was that you get promoted or you make more money that type of thing there's always a career path now I basically opted out of the career path and moved to four days a week at my job so gave up 20% of my income in order to make more time for my writing business and there's a lot to learn in anything and I I often say to people um, you know if you do start a new job how valuable are you in your first Mm. year Uh, you are you're not valuable Mm. at all Um, how valuable are you in your third year you know you're getting there by year five you're pretty valuable by year 10 you are super valuable so this is the same for the author career so in year one year two year three of writing do not expect 
to get very far because it's like any kind of apprenticeship, any kind of new uh, skill, new business, you have to take the time to learn. So I basically spent three and a half years while working my day job. I would get up really early in the morning before work, about 5 a.m., and I would write before work. So I start. I wrote my first four books um, while I had a day job. Um, I would come home in the evening and I was um, doing podcasting. I was doing blogging. I was doing social media. And then at the weekends, I would work on the, you know, the same thing, the writing, the marketing. And essentially, I spent three and a half years almost. Um, I didn't do another degree, but the amount of hours and the amount of money that I spent learning how to do these things, um, you know, investing in changing my life. Um, essentially, that's what uh, I did. So I would say to people, like the number one thing to do first is decide what you want. And if you do want to be uh, an authorpreneur, for example, or as someone who makes a living with their writing, then clearly you have to spend time writing and learning the craft. And as I said, for me, that was before work. It was moving to four days a week. So I had more time and also pretty much working every evening and weekends. And uh, it took me three and a half years to be able to leave my job. Wow, amazing, amazing advice and ship them. So it means that they firstly need to decide what is success to them, what success means to them. Then the second thing, they have to then make time for what success means to them like you did. You decide to find time either early hours or late in the evenings to do the writing job. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I completely understand people who want to write, but who just spend a lot of time reading books on writing and going to seminars. It is a pretty common thing. Um, but at some point, you actually do have to get black on white and such and get the words out there. And I tell you, the biggest thing that really changed my life as a new writer was understanding that um, your first draft is not the finished book. <laughs> and this is <laughs> this is a really big deal because if you, you have something in your head, this amazing idea, and then you try and change that from an idea to something written down, inevitably it will be a pile of crap. Um, you know, and you'll look at it and go, whoa, that is not what was in my head. And But that's fine because you need something to work on. And I use a metaphor around the Mi Michelangelo's statues of um, the slaves that emerged from the box mm -hmm. and also Michelangelo's statue of David so basically Michelangelo would look at a block of marble and he would see the sculpture within the marble and then he would cut away all the excess and then eventually polish it and then eventually you get like Michelangelo's David a perfect a perfect sculpture a perfect ma masterpiece but for me as writers we actually have to create that block of marble before we can start hacking at it and polishing it and things and that first draft is just a block of marble. It's just the basic thing you need to then work on to shape that into a book. So if people listening are, are writing, don't worry if what you're writing isn't very good because it never will be at the beginning. That's what editing is for. Uh, the first draft is not just a book yet. <laughs> it's only mm. a guide. Exactly. It's just the beginning of the journey. <laughs> Right, John. So now let's move to the next phase. Now, uh, a write-up coming author has a, a book written, proofread, and all that. How does he or she begin to market? Let's look at both for the fiction and non-fiction, which is even easier to market. Or where does marketing of such books start from? Well, um, are we assuming that people are self-publishing? Because that's yeah, quite we, a big deal. We are deal. looking at self-publishing uh, 
route now. Yeah, okay. And um, first of all, just on that, I would say to people that, um, you know, I run a, I have a six figure business and, uh, I self publish all my books. So, um, there is no, I mean, I do have some foreign rights deals, but essentially you can have a very good business with self publishing. So that will be my first thing. And secondly, it's much easier to market self published books because you have control over your pricing, over the text around your book, over covers, uh, over the metadata. So essentially it is is, if people listening are traditionally published, it is quite difficult. So, for example, I've been looking at a lot of African writers recently. Um, I interviewed a Nigerian author on my podcast, and um, I've noticed that a lot of African authors who were published by traditional publishers in England, the book prices are very high, um, which will be difficult. So if people are self-publishing, it's really worth looking at the price point of your book first of all. So, for example, in America, um, my full-length books will be priced between four four US dollars ninety-nine and say seven dollars US ninety-nine. So pricing is a massive issue when it comes to marketing because if, however good your marketing is, if people arrive on your page on Amazon, for example, or Kobo or iBooks or any of these sites, and your price is higher than they would expect to pay, they are not going to buy it. So pricing is super important, um, and one of the really good things for both fiction and non-fiction is considering a free book. So this might be quite shocking for some people, especially if they only have one yeah. book. But the aim the aim with fiction and non-fiction, I think, is to get people to try your work. So it's a bit like you go to the supermarket or the market and there's some new cheese or some new fruit or something and they offer you a taste. Yeah. Uh, and you've never seen it before, you don't normally buy this type of thing, but they offer you a little taste and you like it. And for free, you know, they give you that taste for free and you are far more likely to go then and buy, you know, a whole basket of it or uh, the whole block of cheese because you liked the sample. So essentially that's what we're thinking about with our books on Amazon, Kobo, iBooks, etc., is having something for free that people can try. And then if you do, again, all this marketing that we'll, we'll talk more about, then people can try your free work so my first fiction in my series which is called stone of fire um is free and that's kind of um dan brown meets laura croft sort of action adventure and also for my non-fiction i have a number of uh free books as well so that would be kind of my first couple of things one look at the pricing and nonfiction can always be priced a little bit higher than um, fiction and uh, also look at having something for free uh, so that people can try your work. And of course, we are talking about ebooks mm, yeah. there because it's very hard to have Well, you can't have a free print book, basically, um, because it's always going to cost you uh, to print. So we're talking about ebooks there. And uh, I know that your listeners are all over the place. Um, but what I would say if people are in Africa listening is look at the more mature markets in terms of the digital world. Um, look at America, UK, Canada um, as to ebook sales, because these markets are buying a lot of ebooks. So really remember that your market is the whole world. <laughs> all right. So, Joanna, let's look at, at with that said. Where do I start marketing my books? Do I do I sell my books on my website, my blog, or Amazon, or where most important place to market online that I need to sell my fiction or non-fiction books? 
Okay, so um, this will differ, again, depending on what your business model is. So uh, someone like yourself, you have a website, you have speaking, you have other things going on. So your website is not just selling books. Your website is also selling you as a brand for other reasons. So this is a classic non-fiction business model, which is similar to my site, thecreativepen.com. So for non-fiction authors, yes, of course, you can sell books directly from your website, but <laughs> there's only any point in doing that if you have traffic coming to your website and basically all the readers in the world uh, well not all the readers in the world but a lot of readers now buy their books from sites like Amazon Kobo and iBooks um, because you know that's a lot of people don't have bookstores down the street even someone like me so um, I'm living in Britain I do have a bookstore down the street and I read on my Kindle device and on my iPhone um, so I read digitally I barely ever read print anymore and if I do read print I mostly order it online anyway so it's much better if you want to make money from books to have your book available on the biggest sites where people buy books so on Amazon you can um, let's just talk about Amazon which is the number one site um, although I've heard from readers in Africa that many people read on uh, Kobo because it's DRM free um, so that can be quite good for people I mean I publish DRM free everywhere um, but if people don't know that just means it's kind of unlocked for any device uh, which is important if you can't get a Kindle device for example um, yeah so having your book available on these stores where people buy books is super important and again remember that um, I think it's something utterly crazy now uh, millions anyway millions and millions of books of ebooks are sold on Amazon and around 45% of ebooks sold now on amazon.com are self-published so if you want to get in front of that audience uh, of Americans who buy books then that is the place to have your book so publish on Amazon KDP publish on Kobo Writing Life um, you could use a site like draft to digital uh, to have a go, Smashwords, for example. And again, I know there were some issues with international payments uh, with authors in Africa, but I, I'm confident that these will change over time because, you know, as the market grows, but certainly look at Smashwords and draft to digital.com if you're having issues and then once and then you can publish in ebook format there so um and i just use scrivener to format my ebooks and then you can publish in print using a site like createspace.com so you don't need to do printing those sites uh, are print on demand so you put your digital files up there and then one book is printed and sent to the customer so you can do this type of electronic publishing from wherever you are in the world and it will cost you you know very little money or it's you know to, you need a cover design you need the interior formatted and obviously you need a professionally edited manuscript but essentially there's no barrier to entry to publish on these sites and that would be my recommendation to people is sure you can have your book on your website but it's much better to be with books in front of the people who are actually looking for books and they are more likely to be on Amazon and those other sites than they are on your website. Now let's, let's, let's look at this, you mentioned uh, 
publishing on Amazon where the market really is and all that. And the thing is, what is what will be estimated cost for publishing a book, a self-published ebook? Estimated cost to give us some ranges so that anybody listening from any part of the world, okay, for for me to publish a book, my cost is so and so dollars equivalent in whatever currency you're using. Yeah, so it's it's free to self-publish. So you can upload a file on Amazon KDP or Kobo Writing Life or Drafter Digital or you know iBooks or Smashwords, and it will be free. So you don't have to pay to publish. They actually take a percentage of your sale. So when you sell a book, they take a certain percentage. That so, and you get the remaining money. But what will cost you money? is your cover design so you'll need an ebook cover and if you do a print book you'll need a print book cover as well uh, and also editing if you use a professional editor uh, to make your book you know good <laughs> and I always recommend that and uh, so you need an editor cover design and then if you need a, a formatter so an ebook formatter to put your book into say an ePub for most of the sites or a Mobi file for Amazon then you'll need to pay the formatter as well now um, e economies differ obviously and I don't know how much a book cover designer is in Ghana for example um, and many people use different people all over the world you know you can get a English speaking uh, editor who lives in Pakistan if you want <laughs> You know, it doesn't need to be someone in England, which is essentially going to be more expensive than uh, some of the other people. So I, I don't think I don't know if a ballpark figure is even a good idea, given that, you know, people will be on all different kinds of uh, income and different, um, you know, that there are different service providers. But uh, for book cover design, if you're in the US, um, I would say it's usually around 100 to say 200 dollars. And for editing, at least $500. And for formatting, again, about $100. So it's not massively expensive. I wouldn't suggest that anyone do a print run uh, unless they're going to sell locally, unless they're a speaker, something like that. Um, I tend to spend more on editing as, uh, as I can afford it because being edited helps you become a better writer so if you are determined to be uh, a professional writer then improving your writing craft is one of the most important things you can do so essentially coming back to it it is free to self-publish but you will need uh, to invest in your product as any business person invests in their business in order to make it a quality book what are some of the strategies that one can use to really sell more books online? <laughs> uh, okay, well, there's so many. Um, I, I wrote a quite a big book called How to Market a Book. Uh, so there are lots and lots of, of strategies. Um, but let's just talk about uh, nonfiction first. So for nonfiction, um, probably the biggest thing to do is to, well, let's take, uh, a title, for example. Probably the biggest thing to do for nonfiction is to write a book that people actually want to read and that they're looking for. Um, I'm sure you've talked about SEO, search engine optimization, before. Um, and essentially, Amazon is similar to Google in that it is keyword uh, related. So if you go on to uh, Amazon.com, for example, and start typing in uh, 
something, uh, let's say career change, because uh, if you do type in career change, my book should come up on the first page, uh, you will find that career change is a keyword. So it will auto populate uh, on the Amazon drop down in the same way that it would on Google. Uh, so if you write a book, a nonfiction book with a title that people are actually looking for, this will really help you. <laughs> Um, if you then go further and similar to what you're doing, if you have a blog, if you have a podcast and you're doing content that's available on the Internet that has similar uh, keywords um, and SEO, then you'll you'll also get uh, traffic that way. So essentially looking at, you know, everything resonating with the same keywords with the same branding, which you obviously talk about. Uh, so for nonfiction, I would say that. If you do nothing else, you should have a keyword-rich title that demonstrates that people actually want this book. Um, many people write books because of something they want. They as the, the person, the writer, and that's completely fine. But what you have to do when you want to sell books is to think about the customer. And I think that often people forget that. So think about what the customer wants. You know, what what is the customer looking for? Uh, you know, for example, my book, How to Market a Book, is aimed at people who want to know exactly that. <laughs> it's a keyword title and it's not clever. It just does what it says on the tin and that sells uh, pretty well. So hopefully that will help with get starting out with nonfiction. What about fiction? Yeah, so um, with fiction, I think probably the biggest thing is to think about writing a series. Uh, this is something that's super important. Most people now, I think most readers, well, not most readers, that's too much of a sweeping statement. What, what has happened in the world of uh, content consumption with the Netflix, for example? Netflix and here in the UK, all our TV is going to um, on-demand TV. Uh, people want to binge. So Netflix uh, has created this phenomenon where they will release a whole series. Um, Amazon's doing the same, um, where they'll just release everything all at once on day one. And people will spend like a whole weekend binge watching, uh, you know, Game of Thrones or House of Cards or whatever. So the same thing applies to fiction books is that what happens when you have a series is people tend to binge the whole series. <laughs> so if you and I'm just writing book eight in my arcane wow. series. And yeah, if people find the series, they're going to and they like it, they're going to oh, buy the whole lot. And um, yeah, exactly. So Amazon has series functionality where it links books that are in the same series so essentially you've got to think of fiction as a long-term uh, a long-term business but barely anyone makes money from their first fiction book and in fact I would say it's usually between three and five novels before you start making you know even a thousand dollars a month and then for you to get higher than that you you need to have quite a lot of books I mean the the, the fiction authors I know who are making you know a million dollars say a year um have 40 books or 50 books <laughs> and that will freak some yeah. people listening out because how long does it take you to write 50 mm. books <laughs> so um i'm at 17 right now and it's taken me um what i guess i started off quite slow my first novel took me 15 months 
and uh, I've just written my latest novel and it's taken me two months so far and it'll be out next month. So three months. So you can see how things can speed up over time. Um, but yeah, if you want to sell a lot of fiction, you need to write a lot of fiction <laughs> and preferably in series. And again, um, that people love. Now, I was talking to an African romance author uh, the other week and, you know, romance is hugely popular in every single country in the world. And it's actually uh, there was a report on um, Africa done by World Reader and it was something like 40 percent of the ebooks sold in Africa right now, even though it's a small market. It's growing fast uh, are romance mm. <laughs> so there you go um, I don't write romance I write thrillers <laughs> but uh, certainly genre fiction escapist fiction that people enjoy reading in their spare time will always sell well and I would direct people at a site called authorearnings.com which has some great information about how much uh, authors can earn um, it, with self-publishing and you know how much of the market we have mm. That's one wonderful advice in here there. John, let's move to the, the last bit of it too. Uh, now we, we've educated the audience on how to write, I mean how to get your book out, publish uh, as a, using the self-publishing route and how to market the books. Now we'll look at how can authors make more money from not just a book. So we're looking at entrepreneur strategies. What are some of the things that you've done over the years? I've seen you have a couple of things courses here consulting what are some of the areas that authors can think of making money either fiction or non-fiction yeah so uh most authors um of fiction are often just fiction authors <laughs> so they they have you know a lot of novels and that's it I like to do both. So one of the tips immediately is to consider writing both fiction and nonfiction. Uh, so, you know, if you, for example, if you do write thrillers, you can always then write a book called, um, you know, how to write thrillers uh, for an audience who uh, want to know how to do that. Um, you know, I wrote things like how to market a book, successful self-publishing, which it, it, for your listeners, it's available for free. Um, online so um, successful self-publishing as an ebook uh, but those books are to help um, uh, then they're non-fiction books but they're based off my own kind of fiction writing um, so that's one thing then obviously you can do um, online courses which are very popular now um, sites like Udemy are a good place to start U-D-E-M-Y um, and I use a site called teachable.com and you can create online courses uh, and and then sell them to people over the internet. And this online education is, is becoming more and more popular as people don't necessarily go to university. They just want to learn uh, whatever the latest thing is uh, about whatever subject. So that's really handy. Uh, so I sell those courses. I, I'm also a paid professional speaker. And uh, if you have a nonfiction book and a specific topic uh, like you do, um, you can be a paid speaker on these specific topics. So that's really handy as well. It can be a good extra income stream. You might be able to run. Um, oh, and you don't need you don't need a qualification to be a speaker. You just need some personality <laughs> and being helpful. So, for example, anyone who is writing or self-publishing, especially in Africa right now, because, you know, or Internet marketing, it's a massive growth market. And a lot of people want to know how to do it. Um, you know, it's still a growth market in the UK, in the US. But in these markets where it's barely started yet, um, there are lots of people who are, who 
are hungry to know how do they actually do this stuff, like practically. And uh, I started off running workshops when I lived in Australia, you know, just in the library, the local library, and would show people how to do certain things. You can charge a little bit of money um, and have a room of people. And, you know, you can start out that way. And that's how I started speaking. And then now um, I'm, a, I'm an international speaker. So I'm off to Austin at the end of the month in Texas and then Colorado in October in America. So I'm really happy to be, you know, to have, have grown that speaking side of the business as well. And then you can also do consulting. So, um, again, you know, I have. I do have clients all over the world who I do sessions uh, like this, really, but on Skype and, you know, just a one on one session. Um, and we go through, you know, whatever their specific issues are um, with their self-publishing or book marketing things. And uh, that's a service that um, anyone can offer on Skype. You, you will need a website that kind of um, sells your work as such. Uh, and again, is is generally more common with with nonfiction authors. Um, the other thing you can do as uh, once you have an online business, so if you do have a podcast, for example, um, I have Patreon supporters of my podcast, so people who actually pay to keep the podcast going, even though it's free. Uh, you know, it's a, a free podcast, but some people like to support the show, so they give a dollar, a couple of dollars a month to support the show, so that's that's another income stream. And then there's affiliate marketing, which is when if you don't have your own courses, for example, you can sell other people's courses or other people's products, other people's books and get a percentage of the sales. So that kind of commission is very common for people who have websites. And I would certainly say that, um, you know, anyone who has a book on Amazon, it's worth having um, an Amazon affiliate link so that um, you get just an extra couple of cents um, per sale. So those are some of my other income streams. And um, what I would say is I think it's very, very important for people to have multiple streams of income. So if you're just selling books or, you know, if you have just one book, how can you possibly expect that to be a full time living? You can't. So never build your life on one stream of income. <laughs> that is not going to work, whether that's just one job, for example, because they can just lay you off um, or, you know, one book. It, the best thing to do is to build up these multiple streams and then then uh, that will do better for you in the long run. Wow, interesting. So the, putting all together will really help equip authors. And you can not just don't build your income or your life on just as one one yeah it, it, one stream like we just print books. Joanna, I wanted to ask you this. Looking at the trend of the digital publishing landscape, do you think or uh, uh, e-books will still eventually? take over or wipe away print books? Uh, I don't think they will ever wipe print away. But what I do think is that um, print will become a bit like vinyl in the music industry. I mean, the music industry is about 10 years ahead of publishing. So uh, if anyone looks at the music industry, you you know that it has gone digital. Mm. Um, you know, most people will listen to uh, music through streaming or through digital devices. And some the, there are still sales of vinyl records, but it is it is a... Um, more like a passion thing. 
So what I expect to happen and, you know, the growth of digital, what I would say to people uh, if they're listening, you know, in Africa, for example, it's really interesting is that Africa has an incredible mobile economy, right? People are now using cell phones yeah. all over Africa to run businesses that they, they actually have skipped a desktop computer. You, know, you won't find too many people running businesses on desktops. What you will find is people running businesses on mobile <laughs> and as, uh, the world continues to kind of um, get better internet. So at the moment, we've got projects like Google Loon um, and Virgin and Facebook who are investing in the global streaming internet with the stated goal that by, I think, 2019, they want every person on the planet to be able to access 4G streaming internet. So with the idea of having really cheap phones, you know, the, I think Tata in India just released uh, a phone that was ridiculously cheap, you know, really, really cheap. So what these companies are aiming to do is get the Internet into people's hands in mobile devices and that that will be everywhere within the next five years, for example. So if you think about that and you think about um, the person, I mean, the reason why ebooks are so popular in America um, is this what I think will happen at, in Africa too is that people don't live next door to a bookstore <laughs> Um, you know, yeah. and in fact, you know, I, I know that in Africa, a lot of books is, and India, for example, Indonesia, books are sold, you know, on the street in little shops and things. Um, but that if people want a book and they have a mobile device that they can download a book on, that's what they're going to do. So as long as the pricing is right and is adjusted by country, that is the way it's going to go. And it's just much easier. It's much more practical. You know, you don't need to ship these heavy objects <laughs> around the place. Um, you know, people will do this because it's easier and it's cheaper and it's greener and, uh, you know, it just will will happen. And I mean, what you know, you're definitely younger than I am from your your picture <laughs> but you know I was brought up you know there was no internet <laughs> until pretty much I left university um, but there are kids you know kids now you give a, a two-year-old is reading on a tablet for example you know um, there are now these uh, I just saw on wired.com which is a, a futurist technology blog um, that these bendy bendy phones so they look like paper mm -hmm. um you know and you you know they're, they're kind of bend i mean we don't know what the technology is going to be in the next 10 years but i certainly think um that people are going to read digitally and the paper will just become something that you have for the love of it um so and i think that it'll, there'll probably be more hardbacks for example so you might have a really really beautiful hardback book that uh your true fans will buy because they love print uh, but most people will probably read your book on a cell phone for example and in fact I was talking to someone about this the other day um, you know I have a smartphone and uh, the last thing I do on it is phone people uh -huh. <laughs> I don't use the phone this this is a computer that I run my business on it is not a phone anymore is it it's it's a small yeah. tablet and I use it for the internet I mean that's basically what people are using mobile devices for so that that's kind of how I feel about the market um, and and what I would also say is just coming back to the global shift I get excited you know it's actually now 74 countries I've sold books in uh, you know including 
I, I hope I've sold one in Ghana, but I've certainly sold books in Nigeria, you know, um, places in South America, in Africa, in um, in Indonesia and, and the Far East. Uh, and that's super exciting, you know, that people can sell books to people all over the world without a publisher. And that's what I'd encourage your audience to think is wherever you're sitting when you as you're listening to this, your ideal customer might be someone in London or they might be someone living in Texas or they might be someone living in Jakarta. You know, you don't know where your potential fans are. And the other thing that I love about this is we're all the same. You know, this crosses the borders of race and country because people want romance books <laughs> wherever they are in the world. They want to know how to make money. You know, they want to um, know how to raise their family. Um, you know, people or how to do better in their job. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, whatever topic that people are writing on, um, you know, spaceships in in Ghana, for example, you know, there are people who want these books and they're living all over the world. So we're living in just super exciting times as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I believe we are really living in a super, super exciting times because of the big power <laughs> yeah. uh, system. Now, Joanna, um, as we round up, what would be your million dollar advice to the world in the area of digital publishing? <laughs> uh, give it a go. Uh, from everything, from what I've just said, you know, I hope that's excited some other people listening too. And, um, you know, you know yourself because your books are available everywhere. You know, you just need to give this a go and don't be scared of the technology. Um, don't be scared of things like piracy. You know, I know it's, it's a problem, okay. but essentially there are readers who are happy to pay. And uh, that is who your customer is. So I don't worry about piracy. My my stuff is, you know, out there as many people's is. You know, J.K. Rowling with Harry Potter is the most pirated book in the world. <laughs> and she's doing all right. So um, I, don't worry about that. Just concentrate on uh, having a quality book, becoming a better writer, thinking about what your customer wants, and then putting something out in the world. Uh, as soon as you start putting stuff out there uh, you you will know whether or not you want to be a writer for the long term uh, I find it particularly addictive to put books out there I love it um, you know I continue to do it all the time it really drives me uh, so yeah I think just give give it a go just give it a go I think one of the things that you mentioned what that's one of the things I'm crusading Telling authors, local authors about that they should don't they shouldn't worry about their content being pirated. They should really be focused on churning out content to help people in the world. Yeah, exactly. And um, you can't you have to worry about being uh, obscurity, sure. not 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 piracy. <laughs> um, take uh, Paolo Coelho with the, who wrote The Alchemist. He deliberately pirated his books in Russia um, because his books weren't selling. So he actually uses piracy as a marketing mechanism. Uh, Tim Ferriss mm -hmm. released his book, The Four Hour Chef um, on BitTorrent uh, in order to, you know, as a marketing strategy. So I think, you know, you could you could just accept that people who read pirated books um, are not necessarily your market, um, but there's enough of a market who will pay to sustain you. So yeah, don't worry about that. Um, just yeah, give it a go and see what happens. We live in a world of abundance. 
We do. And there's, yeah. And of course, as we said about the global market, that is the thing to think about. It's not just your country. It's not just your city. It's not just that bookstore on the end of the street. <laughs> it's people all over the world. And if you write a book that people want, you never know who's going to buy it. That's so true. John, where can one get in touch with you? Uh, okay, so my um, my site, The Creative Pen, is at thecreativepen.com, and that's pen with a double N. And uh, I have a podcast, a couple of hundred episodes now, and there are books there and courses for people. I'm on Twitter, at The Creative Pen. And then my fiction is at jfpen.com, um, F for Francis, and also on all the bookstores, uh, Amazon, Kobo, iBooks, etc. And, um, yeah, I have a, a whole load of of thrillers there uh, but just just before we go i should tell your audience my connection with africa since we <laughs> right. mentioned that at the beginning as well so um i actually went to school in malawi um in blantyre in malawi and uh it, i was there in 1985 1986 and my, so my first kind of real happy memories of being at school are in africa and uh the lake down there swimming in the lake and we had a, a pet lion at school and uh, you know had one of those sorts of wonderful memories of of being in africa and also now my um, my sister-in-law is nigerian <laughs> and uh, recently they had a, her, my brother and her had a holiday in ghana and i've heard wonderful things so i definitely intend to um to come back to to africa and um yeah i'm super excited about what's happening there right now great looking forward to host you here someday soon oh thanks so much for having me bernard that was great a pleasure i treasure all right so at this time i want to recommend my latest book so check it on amazon.com today visit amazon.com slash author slash bernard kelvin the best is yours